Clinton cash author Peter Schweitzer says the difference in how the FBI dealt with President Trump and Hillary Clinton is proof that top officials are playing politics. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, Schweitzer also explains how the Democrats' big spending bill is actually a huge win for China. Follow the Sarah Carter show wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. The Republican Party is the party of law and order. Our party stands with the men and women who serve on the thin blue line at the federal and state and local level. And these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. And the conflation of local law enforcement to the FBI is just as bad. This is the new narrative, though. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. And uh, I was a little busy, if you get the newsletter. I was a little bit busy last night because there were some some things that needed to be corrected. And when people are wrong, they need to be told. That's our rule. And this, I'm telling you, this new narrative, which we're going to get into, and this, there's two things I'm seeing. I'm seeing the new narrative about, oh, well, you know, attacks on the FBI, attacks. I'm so tired of this. And then additionally, the this move from so many of these like people coming out of the woodwork on the right, they, they see an opportunity to go and try to differentiate themselves from Trump. But the way that they're doing it is by basically like screaming and lecturing voters, which, you know, always works so well, Kane, to lecture the voters. So we're going to get into that. All of this. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash, your lovable curmudgeon here with you. And this was Vice President Mike Pence former vice president and he was speaking at some event and this is for some reason he decided that he was going to talk about this this was the this was what he decided to this is the tone he decided to take which is just crazy to me i'm tired of people pretending that legitimate criticism of federal abuse is universal criticism of law and order so that's I have a I have a problem with this. So this remark that he made, I've never really kind of taken a position one way or the other on Pence. I mean, I think that when he was vice president, when they were in office, I thought that he played his role well. I thought that he served his he served Trump well as kind of a milk toast and i don't mean that as a pejorative normally it would be 
I don't mean that as a pejorative. My point is that Trump had this huge personality and you can't have somebody else that also has a huge personality. You just, this is not going to work. And so I thought that he, I thought he served his, I thought he served his position well. But when he comes out and does this, I don't even know why he needed to say this. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. I don't think that comparing local law enforcement to a federal bureau is where Pence or any Republican wants or ought to go with this. And like I said, I'm so tired of pretending that any kind of legitimate criticism of federal abuse is is total and universal criticism of all law and order. Yes, the Republican Party is the party of law and order. But classifying parents who speak out at school board meetings as domestic terrorists, is that law and order? Doctoring emails to obtain surveillance warrants on innocent Americans, is that law and order? Leaking to the press over and over and over and over again, as James Comey did and as Andy McCabe did, is that law and order? What about sheltering criminals and their their politicians who take classified information that they don't have the statutory authority to take and their staff and just not not even not even bringing charges, just kind of ignoring it. Is that law and order? Is fabricating probable cause to target political opposition, is that law and order? I'm curious. What about concocting entrapment plots? Is that law and order? I mean, my friend Tom Elliott over at Grabian has a list of 62 scandals, controversies, and acts of corruption. This is just in recent time. What about all of the instances, like how Comey was, was forced to apologize after an error, and I wrote about this. The FBI's background check allowed South Carolina murderer to buy a firearm. What were they too busy spying on Carter Page? Is that what they were too busy doing to, to follow that? Is that law and order? Texting each other about how to undermine a free and fair election. Is that law and order? Having in your possession Hunter Biden's laptop and allowing everybody in the press to run down Americans who simply wanted to know what was going on and if there was a conflict of interest with the person running for the highest law office in the land and his son, his and his son, his son's business activities, hiding that, is that law and order? I mean, I can go on and on and on. They promoted disinformation that the laptop that was in their possession was disinformation. Is that law and order, former Vice President Mike Pence? I'm curious. What about, I mean, there's a number of, 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 we can, how far do you want to go back? He says that the attacks must stop. Criticism is not an attack. I think that's a that's a oh oh I think that's a woeful response. Criticism is not an attack. What about the aforementioned politically motivated attacks on the American people that I just listed? 
Penn says that we have to reassure the American people, but I'm telling you, lecturing voters who are justifiably outraged over these actual for real and existing abuses like we're like whiny kids, that is not the way to do it. You know, Pence could have come out there and said, you know, we have 14 whistleblowers of rank and file who want accountability and they are just as concerned as you are. He could have come out and talked about that. Instead, he decided to lecture everyone. Bad play, bad message, bad, bad, bad. I'm going to get into here coming up how we are in for the stupidest primary coming up in 2024. I'm already seeing it. I have another piece coming out about it. It is one of the dumbest. I see it building. We're going to get into that. Now, the new narrative. And I, I hate it when I see people on the right take this bait. So Biden comes out. The defunding of the police that they were accused of doing really hurt them. It did. It hurt them. And they want to get even. Now, I want to note that not all people on the right are saying to defund the FBI. Not everybody on the right is saying that. Some people are, yeah. Do you blame them? For real. I mean, you, if you're going to compare the egregious actions that, of abuse, I mean, you, I'm sure that if you wanted to adjust for population and size, the federal abuses seem pretty bad, guys. They seem really bad. And you have the increased spending on them even more so than local law enforcement. I'm going to get into all of that. Here's one of the big problems, though, I will say. And I was trying to figure out how to get around this. When you're talking about defunding the FBI, now let's just entertain this for a minute. I just, just, discuss, just, just discuss all things. The problem one of the biggest issues is jurisdiction i mean in my opinion how do you get around the issue of jurisdiction if you without a a federal agency i'm not saying that in support of the federal agency i'm saying that there are certain things that rise to something that the fbi manages but there is an issue of jurisdiction as it relates to state and local law enforcement like you can't have illinois police investigating something going on in missouri right you can't have oklahoma police investigating something that's going on here in texas there's 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 different they have different areas of jurisdiction so i do have a question on even how that would go but you know where we need to start with the whole conversation as it relates to the FBI is the expense that is spent and the dis- the disproportionate expense, I might add, of spending as it is with federal and state and local. This is a big problem and there's not, as you would imagine, there is not a whole heck a lot of accountability there also. Believe it or not. I mean, we have had, what is it? I think our federal spending for federal law enforcement is like quadrupled that what we are doing in terms of grants for state and local. I started actually reading about this when I was looking at how you could feasibly establish a grant. This was when they I started looking into this when you had all of the senators who are arguing uh, you had the well and you had Cornyn who was leading it with the gun control stuff right. 
So there were a lot of them. They were trying to, they were arguing back and forth about red flag law, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that came up was the Justice and Policing Act. And there's a lot of money that goes, that goes through this. There's, there are grants that are established and things that help with, um, and I think we talked about it at the time, that help with certain state and local law enforcement. There are other grants that you have. You have the Justice and Policing Act. That was 2021. You have a couple of others, too, including the grant program that was established through the DOJ. And that's where Cornyn and I think others were suggesting to have federal funds be given through that to state and local police for grants for school resource officers, etc. And of course, those programs do a lot more. They, they essentially help bolster state and local enforcement. And they, and they allow departments to figure out how they're, they're best going to do this. Now, I mean, I understand all this stuff. I get it. But, I mean, I think that there is a really good question to ask about spending why you have to have I mean I mean really I think there's and we're I want to get into this a little bit more without going so far into the weeds but there are some really good questions to ask like why is it that we're spending so much I mean for a percentage of GDP it's been increasing the past 20 years I mean w- while the left was sitting here talking about defunding the police it was funny because they didn't know the the funding for police actually at the federal level is what's crazy but yet, you know who gets like some of the, le- the like some of the least amount of it, particularly lately, is Customs and Border Patrol, which is so fascinating to me. That's where you ne- actually need it the most. I mean, you've averaged about 0.26% of the GDP over the past decade, federal spending, and we're looking at like federal enforcement. So the Justice and Policing Act expanded the role of the federal government. And expanded police spending by, I mean, it's by up to like $900 million. Mm, see, we're going to get into all of this and more because these are all things that you, when people are talking about defunding the FBI or restructuring or there's like a ton of different ways to do this. This is what the left is seizing on to try to bring the right down, try to bring Republicans down to Democrats level by saying, look, we said defund the police. You're saying defund the FBI. It all comes down the wash, right? It's not the same thing. And not everybody on the right is saying it. And, you know, I'm looking at it strictly logically. Can it even be done? We have more coming up. I'm going to, we got to discuss this thing on the right that I see bubbling up. The Cheney, the Pence, all this stuff. The hearing for the affidavit unsealing today, that's uh, taking place. We'll We'll have all the updates for you about that. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast. 
and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So so we were just discussing here on break this whole thing with Kanye West and everybody digging their clothes out of the trash bags. I don't know if you've seen this or not. So he's been roasted because he's selling his new collection in trash bags. He's not putting it on hangers. That's at his demand. There are all these, there's photos of his, I guess, line with Gap stuffed in large black trash bags rather than being neatly folded on the tables or hung up. And... People are saying they're going to have one cashier and everybody else doing recovery. So he was saying that it was his inspiration behind the label. Uh, Yeezy was the homeless. That's what he said. I also kind of think he's punking everybody because we were just talking about throwaway fashion. And if you're spending 200 something dollars on a sweatshirt, you deserve to dig it out of the trash. I'm sorry. You do. I mean, I was telling Kane, you can get you a good, what is it, like Hanes were some of the other ones. Like they'll make them in India or Taiwan capitalist places, not in China. And you can spend $19.95 or like 21 something for it. One of my favorite black sweatshirts is was made in India. And I think it's like a Hanes or something. If you're honestly, this is a whole other segment. Anyway, moving on. In Venice, you. They're really strict about what you can and cannot do in their canals. And so the the mayor over there condemned two surfers, two tourists, as two arrogant imbeciles who made a mockery of the UNESCO World Heritage Site. They were filmed surfing in the Grand Canal, which you're not allowed to do. And so they're going to get fined. The uh, mayor asked for people to come and help. Oh, man, this is like a red alarm here. The spaghetti sauce now is under threat because the water crisis is hurting tomatoes, hurting the production of tomatoes, one of the worst droughts. Well, that's, I mean, I need my sauce. We got a lot more on the way. Don't go anywhere. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, you know, I think the burden is on the FBI to justify this raid. This is extraordinary. This is also the same FBI that used a foreign intelligence warrant to snoop on and spy mm-hmm. on the Trump campaign to investigate them for over two years. So I think the burden really is on the FBI. They've been wrong in the past. Yeah. Uh, Rand Paul, thankfully, someone is saying is not moving off this line. 
Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. There are a lot of people who are getting turned into some civil libertarians, I'm telling you what, from all of this. And I, I have to tell you, I wrote a couple of pieces last night, and I was in the middle of, I, I'm in the middle of working on a, a column that will be out next week, and I had, a, I, I had the Cheney write up, and then I saw that video from Pence, and I just, it, the whole thing, everyone is focusing so much on the fact that people on the right are, are leveling justifiable criticism at this agency, and they're outraged, but they're not actually looking at why people are criticizing this agency, the Bureau. They're not, they're not looking at it. It is incredibly legitimate. This uh, idea, and I've seen people tweet this out. I've seen, well, there's a couple on media. There are all these criticisms about the FBI, the criticisms of the FBI, blah, 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 blah. Why, why are we not talking about what has been done to the American people here? You have every right to criticize, and I am not going to be cowed by any politician, no matter what office they held. I'm not going to be cowed by any politician out of not just your right, but your obligation as an American citizen to criticize these federal agencies when they are not, A, doing their due diligence, and B, when they're not acting in accordance to the Constitution. There's, there's, there is no apologies given on this. None. This um, criticism, and I, I think this is something the right is going to have to figure out. I know we asked Jim Jordan this when he was on uh, a few uh, earlier this week. Federal police forces should not be exempt from reforms. And I think that the exorbitant growth in spending as seen in the past decade plus, I think that that greatly indicates that we need to look at their budgets also. This, if you, it is going to be, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't even know what the answer would be to this. I've been thinking on it for a couple of days now. But I'm not going to be run off from, from, leveling criticism or trying to figure out how best to solve this issue by people who are going to take the bait of the left and act as though we're against law and order. We're not the ones who committed the lawlessness. We're talking about the lawlessness of these agencies. This is legitimate criticism. If they don't like it, then don't engage in lawlessness. Don't lecture people about, oh, well, we're the party of law and order. Really? You're the party of law and order? Then why are you not demanding that these bureaucracies adhere to the law and order you say you're the party of? Pretty easy. I wrote this piece last night on Liz Cheney and I got into a couple of the other things that and we had talked about the day after she had lost. This is, I think, indicative of what you're going to be seeing more and more of. These people are coming out of the woodwork on the Republican side because they see an opportunity I mean, she unironically compares herself to Abraham Lincoln, I wrote, in her concession speech after spending, you know what, how many years accusing Trump of being a self-obsessed egomaniac? She called the Republican Party a cult of personality, but had her father, former Vice President Dick Cheney, cut a campaign ad where he called Trump an individual, as an individual, the greatest threat to our republic and accused him of trying to steal the election. 
And as I had said, the greatest threat to our republic wasn't a roundly condemned riot at the Capitol or Democrat hyperbole. It's inflation. It's recession. It's a lack of energy dependence. It's overtaxation. It's weaponization of government agencies against political opposition. Ironically, and here's the bow on the gift, helped by the civil liberties violating Dick Cheney back Patriot Act. You're welcome. I'm trying to figure out all these people, and I'm looking up this tweet. I saved it. David French had put it out. And I don't know why. We, we have people now who apparently are preparing themselves, I guess, to even oppose somebody like Ron DeSantis. He had tweeted out, the more DeSantis cozies up to the MAGA wing of the party, the harder it is to see the logic of a run against Trump as opposed to positioning himself as a Trump heir. Okay. He says, meanwhile, the post-January 6th version of Pence is presenting a clear alternative. Yeah, I don't think so. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Dude, it's not. I mean, he's, he's been on the show before. It's not, I don't, it's not like I don't get along with people. Some of these, I think some of these politicians, like they get, I have them on the show and then after, I criticize them one time and then they just, they don't know if they, I'm, I'm just not, you, you're in elected office. I can be civil and completely graceful and be friendly and still ask you tough questions. But I, I, he does not have a future in the White House. He doesn't. As I, I said this, candidates time stamp for the late 90s or early aughts are not appealing anymore. And he is one of them. Even if he, he, I mean, he was, you know, in Congress, but he's one of them. I don't know what battlefield people like Liz Cheney and all these other people think that they're on, but it's not where the rest of America is fighting. Everyone talks about my, my principles and the values. What values and principles? Low taxes, life, energy, independence, strong Second Amendment, fairly non-interventionist foreign policy. I thought these were supposed to be values of the Republican Party. Now that you have this, I guess, opportunity created here, I see all these people coming out of the woodwork trying to set themselves apart from Trump. And you are going to have a primary full of this Coming up towards 2024, it is going to be the most annoying primary of your existence. I hate to say, I'm just saying, that's what I'm seeing. I mean, this, I, I, and I kind of saw it with, with, with Pence here. I think he's very carefully and slowly trying to differentiate himself. Everyone thinks that there's going to be this. Uh, that the Republican Party is going to go back to the way it is as soon as Trump loses influence. These people have a fundamental misunderstanding, not only of our culture, but the ideological beliefs of the people who subscribe to either conservative or Republican political ideas. They don't get it. The voters are not a creation of Trump. Trump is a creation of the voters. Let's back up for a minute. Going back even before the Tea Party, how did the Tea Party come about back in 08? Everyone thinks it was a reaction to Barack Obama. This is why I mentioned this yesterday. It wasn't. In fact, it actually has libertarian roots. People were mad at Too Big to Fail. They were mad over the No Child Left Behind Act, which set the stage, in my opinion, for a lot of the stuff that we're seeing with education today. It, it we, we had bailouts. We had, it was the crony capitalist version of the GOP and a lot of people were opposed to that there were a lot of criticisms 
after Obama's election, the continuation and worsening of these policies, that just was just the final straw. And ever since then, those those grassroots voters, the people who are there's the difference between Republican and conservative. Republican isn't limited government enough for conservatives. That's why there's this differentiation. And conservatives were upset because they saw a Republican Party that was spending just as much as Democrats were. They were getting us involved in all kinds of wars, just like Democrats were. There was no clear alternative. So we're like, we'll make one within the party. And that's what happened in 2010. That victory from Republicans was was brought to you by Tea Party 2.0. And you would not have a, a Trump presidency were it not for that. Because people were tired. We were building up to it. We weren't done. It just, it, it shifted into different purposes. And after so many years of being kicked around, and then particularly after the Mitt Romney thing, when Mitt Romney was the GOP nominee in 2012, Republicans were like, oh, he's going to win. He's got the name recognition. He's got the money. But he was vanilla wafer. He's, he was, people needed, we were in dire straits. We still are. I mean, you got to remember, this is a country that, that got mad after the Stamp Act, got mad at, over tea taxes. We got mad and we're dumping stuff in the harbor for a hell of a lot less than what we're dealing with now. And then you fast forward and then we have somebody like Mitt Romney. And we, everybody was trying to be like that compassionate conservatism. Because apparently compassionate means you can't aggressively stand up and vociferously defend those things which are being completely libeled and slandered and annihilated in, in print and policy. People were tired and they wanted to ha- find someone who was as aggressive for them as they felt about reforming and deregulating government and getting back to the republic as it was created. And that's how you got Trump. And so when you had people like Liz Cheney out here and all of these other, you know, commentariat who think and act and say things that indicate their belief leads them to wanting Trump removed and that'll make it, that'll just bring everybody back to the way it was. No, you're not going to get the Republican Party back the way it was because the Republican Party has changed. People have have grown older, they've died, more people become Republican, they're younger, blah, blah, blah. It changes. You don't, I mean, if you don't believe me, just ask somebody who identifies themselves as a, a John Kennedy Democrat. It changes. And these people don't get it. And you cannot campaign when you don't understand the culture because politics is downstream from culture and they don't get it. We're going to see so much of this. You know how annoying this, this whole primary cycle is going to be. I know. Now, one of the things as we're all fighting over watching these people power jockeying, I don't know if you saw the Federal Reserve's July minutes. It's very interesting on Market Alert. It was on CNBC earlier. They were saying that the Federal Reserve officials at their July meeting indicated they're not going to consider pulling back interest rates, interest rate hikes until inflation comes down substantially, meaning we might have this for a while. The Financial Times has a piece on this. 
They're saying that they expect, they said Fed officials signal restrictive rates may be needed for some time. Minutes from their meeting show saw little sign of inflation improving. We're going to be dealing with this for quite some time. Interestingly, the Inflation Reduction Act, according to the Financial Times, didn't come up. Because it's not, a th- it's not a factor. It's not an issue. There's not going to be any reduction of inflation from that. The business, this piece over at Business Insider, Jeffrey Sachs, who's a professor at Columbia University, writes, soaring inflation in the, U- in the U.S. isn't likely to ease off anytime soon. And that means the Federal Reserve will have to stick with its vigorous plan to keep raising interest rates. According to high pro, and this is what Jeremy Sachs was telling them. He said that investors need a brace for further tightening from the U.S. Central Bank, and the supply chain holdups and geopolitical shocks will continue to push prices up. He adds, expect the Fed to get aggressive because inflation is not simply going to disappear, he told CNBC on Wednesday. He added, I don't think a very soft touch of mild increases in interest rates will put a stop to what is going to be ongoing inflationary pressure. It's big spending. That's exactly what it is. It's big spending. And we're going to be dealing with it for a while. And instead of talking about that, or talking about all of these other concerns that voters have, these old establishment types coming out of the woodwork are trying to lecture and nag voters about principles, apparently, that apparently I guess they don't share with lower taxes, etc. I'm going to tell you what, you have the Republican establishment that now thinks it's safe to come out in the daylight, rhetorically speaking. And disgruntled grassroots who are upset that GOPE has not given enough attention to these very legitimate concerns. They're too busy power jockeying. We are going to have a collision Tea Party 3.0 if these people are not careful. That's what's going to happen. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. You know, some of the provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act are going to ha- uh, help really immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. The provisions that give consumers tax rebates uh, or tax credits for uh, going out and buying more energy efficient heaters, more energy efficient appliances, those are enacted immediately. What in the world? This is Brian Deese. Who is saying, oh, it's going to help if you want to buy more energy-efficient heaters, the Inflation Act. Why? I think they want to buy food, right? I think people want to buy food and, I don't know, like maybe have 
money for their rent or mortgage, something like that. Energy efficient heaters, Kane. They can have energy efficient heaters. If they buy them. Yeah, you got to buy them, though. That's just so. They think that, the, how is that going to help? Gosh, this is just legit out of Atlas Shrugged, which everybody should be required to read. I'm just shocked. One of my kids um, read, uh, is reading Anthem in school. I'm so happy. But I still think you need to have Atlas Shrugged. It's a big book, but it's so good. All of this, you see it immediately. You see it immediately. Like, hmm, this is just like the soybean thing. Or, hmm, this is just, yeah. I mean, you see it. The, how bi- business is punish, uh, punished and mediocrity rewarded. Yep. That's exactly what this is. The, it, here's another, the argument that I see the administration use, or its surrogates use, that if you are not on board with pumping money, taxpayer money, into an industry that, and, and prematurely making it the, the de facto energy backbone, even though in order to be such, it still requires oil and gas for its production, and also as a backup system for when, not if, but when it fails. Uh, that's you pumping money into that, and then they turn around and claim that if you disagree with that, then you hate the planet. That's such a poor argument. We have a lot more on the way. Second hour coming up. Don't go anywhere. Back in a moment. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Findings are likely to spark a major shakeup of the CDC's sprawling bureaucracy. Among the plans, get information to the public more rapidly. Create a new office to promote equity in healthcare and develop a more nimble workforce that can quickly respond to public health crises. We need to have a special forces, if you will, um, to deploy during pandemic time. Oh, so all these new things coming out from the CDC, this after they're trying to, well, they're, they're actually now it apparently comes out that it's the uh, injection. I don't want to say vaccine. Now it's just kind of being pushed as like, well, just do it like the flu shot. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Second hour of the show this Thursday, Friday Eve. Oh, you'd think. Huh. And apparently the uh, administration very, very, very quietly stopped coronavirus testing federal workers and stopped going after unvaccinated workers, too. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I mean, that's the new policy. Are they finally admitting the pandemic is over and the the Rona is here to stay because it seems this is wild. I I mean, clearly, 
I don't know. I had a friend who was saying that it's so nice that there's a federal agency that was saying, yes, you know, we mismanaged this. No, 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 sir. No. They did way more than say that we just mismanaged. I mean, they you you were called a murderer if you didn't get an injection. And now it's like we're not even going to differentiate between people who did have it and who didn't have it anymore. We're not even going to do that. That seems that's I got a problem with that. Least of which is the reckoning that's deserved, you know? I I I think that everyone has is on the same page that the CDC screwed everything up and that it got political and they allowed it to get political. They allowed what they do to be political to the point where no one had a, a trusted source to turn to. We pay agencies to not be jerks. Just do your job. Keep your politics at home. You're in a federal position. Do your damn job. No one cares about your... Put your, If you don't want to keep your politics at home, then don't take a federal job. Because what ended up happening is everyone was so... They're so it's a vanity issue. They're so vain. Everyone wanted to make, everyone wanted to do something by their politics. And you are in our politics to be known. They even handled health politically. And then look what happened. You couldn't trust anything. No one's going to trust, you know, the stuff that they're hearing from people if they believe that it's been politicized. I mean, they actually said, didn't she say, she said what, April, May, June? Oh, if you're if you're vaccinated, you can unmask because the alpha variant wasn't going around with those who didn't get the injection. And then they came out and like changed it. (sighs) And here's the other thing, too. They're doing the same thing with the monkeypox. Because they're terrified to come out. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Again, politics. There's they're so scared of coming out and say and there's one demo where this is spreading through. And I think it's actually if you if it. It, it's kind of really downplaying the health of that demo if you're not going to stop and tell that demo to, to quit engaging in risky behavior that makes them more at risk for contracting monkeypox, but whatever. Though so this, we went through hell and back. They shut the country down because of the CDC. This is more to me than just, oh, well, yes, they need to have a, a shift in management and and um, kind of you know take inventory of all of the stuff that went wrong. I think there's there's way more than that. They don't have any more credibility. I mean, they they didn't learn from everything that they did with the Wu flu, and they started doing it all over again with monkeypox. So yeah, they have no credibility. They were terrified to to say anything. There was what is it? This piece, I think it was from NBC. Where's this at? I have it on my, uh, yeah, I have it on my rundown. They had a piece from NBC about really how this is happening. Now, remember when we first heard about monkeypox? How long ago was this? When did we first hear about it? A well, couple months. This is from NBC. This is their headline. Sex between men, not skin contact, is fueling monkeypox. New research suggests... The claim that skin-to-skin contact, but not intercourse itself, drives most transmission is likely backward, a growing group of experts say. I mean, they have a ton of studies. They, they said there's a trio of studies in peer-reviewed journals. There's reports from all these other global health authorities saying that the typical transmission route 
is, well, it's because of promiscuous gay sex is what it is with dudes. And for the and, and, and for the people who are like, but it's stigmatizing gay people. Well, we're not talking about lesbians. We're talking about one group particularly. And so the issue isn't to st- you're you're not stigmatizing people, warning them that engaging in risky behavior at a time when a virus is spreading and, and, and transmitting through risky behavior, you're not stigmatizing a group by saying, if you maybe don't engage in risky behavior, you, you, you won't contract this virus. But it is stigmatizing risky behavior that's, that's, that speeds up the transmission of a, of a virus. Do we, are we so stupid as, as a species that we can't even figure this out? Being told to not engage in something which may compromise your health isn't stigmatizing anything. And so, I mean, at least NBC wrote that. I was actually surprised to see that, Kane. I really was. Huh. Now, they're trying to figure out because they've had a couple of kids that come in contact and all this other stuff. And I, I mean, it, yeah, and as Kane notes, during coronavirus, the CDC would never stop bossing people around about their behavior. Yeah. Never. Oh, my gosh. It was nonstop with the masks and everything else. It got to the point that if you were out and about, I'll never forget. Because I never... Never had anybody like, you know, question me with about like at the mask or anything like that. But I, w- I pulled up. It was like right when things started opening and I was outside of my car. I was in my car by myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm not wearing it. I'm not wearing a mask in my car. I get out. It's hot. It's summer in Texas. It's hot, like 99 degrees, 100 degrees. And I had to pick something up. You order online. You got to go pick it up. And I get out of my car and didn't have my mask on. And there was legit a woman in her car with her mask on parked right like her front end of her car, my front end of the car, they were sharing the same, you know, horizontal parking spaces. They, you know, in front of each other, just stared at me, had her mask on, gets out of her car because she apparently is going to pick something up, still has a mask on, just stared at me. And I could tell she was, she was trying to stare me into submission about wearing a mask on. And so I just stared right back. I'm like, this does not work on me. In fact, it makes me even more ridiculous. Stop it. Like, I'm from the Ozarks. I ain't, I'm going to sit here. I'm take my flip-flop off and throw it at you. Stop. But just no. But you know what I mean? They just like just stares at you. Was trying to stare me into submission. And so when I finally got towards the store, she wasn't even going where I was either. That's the other thing. It was aggravating. She kept turning around look, looking at me. And so finally I made a big show. I stopped and I put my mask on top of my head. Like it's on. Stop staring at me, psycho. Stop it. I just can't. What is it going to do, right? What is that going to do? This thin piece of like somewhat paper is really that doesn't even have the weave to stop the particle size of the virus. You really think, I mean, go ahead. Why don't you know? I bet she puts her teeth under her pillow at night still if she loses any. So this move from the CDC, I mean, it's not engendering more uh, credibility. Faith in the institution or in the agency? I don't. I think it just shows what a sham this has all been this whole time. Now they're just treating everyone as the same. So there was a new agency that they had. Let me pull this up. This is New York Times. This is kind of interesting. This was back in July. The Biden administration is elevating a division of health and human services to brought more broadly oversee pandemic responses. He's, he just cre- created a new federal agency is what he did. 
And it's basically on the same level as the FDA and CDC. And it's the it's the the office of it's ASPR. Wait, what's the thing where you talk real softly like this? ASMR? Yeah, this is almost that. ASPR. It's the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response or the Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response. So they elevated that position to its own agency. I'm really sure that that's how is that going to work with the CDC? I mean, he's created essentially another agency. By the way, what happened to the mandate for the injection? Weren't they like firing everybody for that? I did too. I know that there's a lot of challenges to this. You had a bunch of, what is it, postal workers? No, is it postal workers? Who was it? No, 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 no. Sorry, nurses at a hospital. They ended up getting a settlement because they, uh, res- they filed suit. What about all the people who had to resign from their jobs or who were forced out, who were fired or who had to quit? Their entire careers were disrupted. I mean, how do you get back to normal and return to a sense of normalcy after you ruin people's lives because they didn't participate in your cosplay fairy tale? What about that? What about all of the relationships with people? There are people who don't talk to us because they did not accept the fact that we had natural immunity because we got it and we still didn't get the injection and they stopped having anything to do with our family. I'm not even kidding you. I... So what about all that? I mean, they don't realize this is what happened when what happens when you politicize health. And it's what happens when you fear monger and you use stupid language to describe something that's really endemic, like the flu. <sighs> this is my favorite headline. I was wondering why crudite was trending on Twitter. This is from Twitchy. I just about died when I saw this headline. Doug Powers has this. The big Dr. Oz slash John Fetterman, how many houses do you own versus living off your parents battle has begun. Dun, dun, dun. So they got into this huge fight last night. I looked at, because I, I was like, I looked on Twitter, you know, they have the trending topics. I'm like, why is crudite trending? Because he used it. And they got into a big fight over it because I guess you can't say that. You just got to say vegetable tray. I don't know. I... <laughs> So what ended up happening, Fetterman tweeted, I've never spoken to a a Pennsylvania resident who doesn't know how many houses they have, let alone be off by eight. So they got into this fight. And Oz goes, I purchased my houses with my money. You lived off your parents until you were almost 50. Regular people don't mooch off their parents when they're 50. Get off the couch, John. And Fetterman goes, how many houses? And Oz goes, I have 10 properties disclosed when I announced. Two homes, my turn. When can we debate? And then they got, they had this big thing over crudite. So crudite, it's a vegetable tray. That's all it is. So they got into a big fight about it. This is so stupid. They're trying to see who can be more of the people. So Oz does this video where he's like, I'm going to go grocery shopping. And he's looking at uh, at a grocery store and he was looking for vegetables for a crudite that his wife likes. And so he's he's listing off the prices because he's talking about inflation and all that. And he goes, that's $20 for crudite. And that doesn't include the tequila. And then Fetterman, he was like, in Pennsylvania, we call this a veggie tray. He is trying so hard. In Pennsylvania, we just call this a vegetable tray. That's crudite. This is really what you're fighting over? Are you serious? This might be the dumbest race in the country right now. I'm sorry, Pennsylvania. I love you, but this is so goofy. If you're not laughing, I'm actually jealous of you because you have the most entertaining, 
like the entertaining campaign right now. I'm coming back to this because I laughed for a good five minutes over this. It was so good. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. patriotmobile.com slash Dana, patriotmobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Gosh, I love The Damned. That's such a great song if you're listening across the country. Okay, so apparently Reddit turned Bath, Bed Bath & Beyond into the latest stonks meme. So their new favorite meme stonk is doing what meme stonks do. Spiking to an unsettling degree. Maybe don't be into the the Bed Bath & Beyond. I like how it's b-b-b-b-b. BBBY, it's hysterical. So it's the Wall Street Bets roller coaster, the sub, the subreddit. They said that it's, uh, I mean, it went, it skyrocketed sixty-seven percent in one day, according to Wall Street Journal. I just think it's hysterical. So we're watching, we're watching it because they all had, uh, they did this before with GameStop. Remember, this seems like a really bad idea. Snake given robot legs to walk by inventor. Quote, cannot believe this works. Yeah, we can't either. Stop it. They're scary enough without legs. There's a YouTuber who gained millions of views. He built robot legs to help a snake walk. I hate this person right now so bad. We didn't need it. He creates like homemade exoskeletons and battle bots. It's actually really cool. But he wanted he wanted to prove that he was a snake lover because some people said that he in a video he captured. I don't care. They got mad. Something wild snake. Nobody cares. But he said he felt sorry for snakes because they lost their legs. No, they were they. Well, I mean, biblically, the, the God took them away. No, they didn't have any. Um, but they never had legs. They didn't have legs taken away. I know that he's doing it to be funny, but this is terrifying. That's like giving. You know, like making spiders bigger or something like that. It's, ter- it's scary. And last but not least, a woman in Tennessee was charged with murder because she slipped inmate and inmate meth during a prison visit with a kiss. And he totally killed him. 33-year-old Rachel Dollard. She's in trouble now. She's going to be in jail now, too. Yay. Stick with us. Clinton cash author Peter Schweitzer joins me to explain how the rationale for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago is far different than what Hillary Clinton did by keeping classified information on her private server. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Schweitzer also explains how deep the Biden family ties go with China and how the Democrats' big spending bill is actually a huge win for Beijing. Don't miss it. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. It's the worst 
type of politics. It's hateful politics to raise his national profile. And you know what? You should not be doing it by taking away the respect and dignity of people who are in need. What the Texas governor is doing is just so anti-American. What? I mean, so, okay, first off, this is Eric Adams. He is the mayor of New York City. And I'm Dana Lash. I am the host of the show, your lovable curmudgeon. Welcome back. Eric Adams, I guess he forgot. I mean, he's a sanctuary city. Is he not enjoying the sanctuary? I mean, this man is complaining so much about having people who illegally crossed the border in New York. What is he? Wait a minute. What do you think is so mean and and so hateful? Eric Adams brags about all of these opportunities and all of these programs that they have in Manhattan. Oh my gosh, they got Kane. They got so many opportunities. There's so much room for opportunities. I mean, how hateful are you to not want to share that with the people who are coming across the border without asking permission? How mean are you, sir? Dare I ask? I mean, I thought you were providing sanctuary. Y'all made a big deal. Oh, we are a sanctuary city. Oh, my gosh, the sanctuary. Look at it. Doesn't sound very sanctuary-esque, does it? I mean, not to me anyway. Huh. They're not really happy about it. Not at all. And it's not just him. I mean, you have Muriel, Muriel Bowser in D.C. You have Arizona Governor Greg Ducey who's also doing this. So he's now allocating up to $15 million to continue loading and sending buses following Governor Abbott's move to send people to the Northeast. And so... Eric Adams and Muriel Bowser are just, oh, now they're mad. I mean, how, okay, let me unpack this. If you're stating that these governors, Ducey and Abbott, are doing something bad by sending people to your sanctuary city, are you not also implying that it is bad if these people come to and are in your city. And if you are a sanctuary city, DC is a sanctuary city, right? Yeah, I think they said they were. I know New York is. Isn't that why you became a sanctuary city? Right? I'm confused. What am I missing here? They were mad because, and they said that all these same people, when Trump was talking about adding a force multiplier with the border wall, and they said it was racist. Now, keep in mind that the people who had asked for the border wall and said that, and were telling him this, these were border patrol agents, which apparently, I, don't, I just don't think that these you know, East Coast mayors know anything about border agents. And I'm only saying this because it matters to the left and they love tracking racial boxes. But the majority of Border Patrol agents are actually Hispanic. 
you have Hispanic Border Patrol agents who are like, no, 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 we got to have this to help do our jobs. You're not giving us enough resources. At the very least, can you give us this? You know, to maybe slow it down, create a bottleneck, that'd be great. No, we're going to send money to Ukraine instead. Hey, can you guys get, can you guys like help us out down here at the border? Maybe hire some more people? Sure, we're going to hire 87,000 IRS agents. It's a meme. Why is it a bad thing? You're a sanctuary city. Accept these people. You said you were sanctuary. Are you not a sanctuary city? I, I think it's hateful that they're complaining about it, making these people feel so bad. You said you were a sanctuary city. Now you're complaining about their presence. You're so ignorant. How ignorant are these people? I'm telling you what. I've got to get to this stuff too. Let me skip on down to... Man. So I... Side note. I want to cleanse the palate because we've been talking about some heavy stuff throughout the show, etc. Christian Toto has this write-up that I'm going to get into. I started watching uh, Day Shift. It's a vampire movie with Jamie Foxx. And it is hysterical. Hysterical. I... I, it's it's so good and i'm there's not enough like good fun like comedy horror films all this stuff and there's a lot of stuff that's coming out that i'm like october is going to be great if you like anime there's a lot of stuff that's coming out and i'm wondering are you are you afraid to like even start a movie anymore because like when you invest time in a movie and then you're hit up on the head with something woke then you are you you like me you get mad and you're like i'll be damn i've been here for a half hour and now this and i get so mad I can't even do it. I'm just done. I was like that with Sand, the Sandman thing. I was like, oh my gosh, it's goth. I need to watch this. And I'm like all in it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why do you gotta, why everything is woke all the time? Go back to sleep. So I know that it's, I know this is canon. Don't at me with that comment. That there's a Lady Hulk, which actually sounds way better than She-Hulk, by the way. Christian Toto, it's HollywoodandToto.com. He's a conservative-leaning, you know, Hollywood. He's a film critic. And he was, I can't believe this. I thought this was a joke. The title of the show is called She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Did you know it was called that, Kane? No. Dude, it is. It is literally called that. I thought that was a joke. I thought he was joking and I actually sent the, I sent this to a girlfriend of mine. I was like, ha, 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 are you going to, because she watches Hallmark. I was like, are you going to replace your Hallmark with this? Meh. She likes Hallmark and real crime, like, or true crime. Like, I don't even understand how that works. But, and she's like, that's not the, is that the real name of it? And then I had to look it up and it was. So apparently he says it's woke and shrill. And it's going to be a hard sell for MCU fanatics. Few laughs between feminist lectures silly shtick meant to humanize superheroine. I didn't need to see anything else than the first image of this chick's hair. When I saw this chick, I immediately, this is hair that you have when you want to go talk to the manager. It's like the old big, it's not even 70s hair. If you're going to wear a wig, can you not make it a straight line, you know, where it adheres to your head so it looks a little bit natural? And this she-hulk attorney at law we can't play any of it because we'll get sued by schmizny but it's jennifer walter's cousin bruce banner he cautions her about controlling her anger jennifer linda carter's hair from the 80s was way better than this linda carter's like super woke annoying now 
And he like only watched like maybe an episode and it started getting so woke. It was ridiculous. It just looks dumb. He said, it's not funny. It's he's like, it's just, you know, it's bad. I can look at right now and I can tell you it's bad. And he said that she's not like Bruce. She has more control of how she transforms and she lacks the uncontrollable rage that made the original Hulk so much fun. Yeah, that was like you have all of this power, but you can't control it. And then they're just going to ruin it with us. I just get so. so Did you watch that movie, The Prey? Have you seen that? Is it on Amazon? It's The Predator. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I watched it. It wasn't bad. I am just so, as a woman, I feel so talked down to when I watch any kind of anything and it's all Mary suit up. You know what I mean? Like you have these chicks. How do they got this power? How do they got these skills? It doesn't make any sense. Can you make it realistic? Or where they give you a film or a television series where the female protagonist is has absolutely no faults except that she's so shrill and annoying. They and they and they make her power, they judge how powerful she is by how much she can do that a man can do which i think is actually completely ironic and a total betrayal of the message that they're trying to put out there but that's you know i just i there's so many things that i hate i there's so much stuff i don't even like anymore i can't hardly watch anything you know what i've been watching like on repeat is bar rescue it's a great show it's real so i don't know i'm 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 just <sighs> makes me upset which brings me to this last bit we can't show you this either because we'll get sh- we'll get schmooed by Schmizney. Disney doesn't like it even if you talk about their stuff in a news setting. Groomers. So, you know Johnny Depp, not gonna he lost the Pirates of the Caribbean thing. If you, I don't I think you can't replace him. But there is a poster out that I saw, and it is the new Jack Sparrow. Except it's not Jack Sparrow. It's Margot Robbie, who's a pirate. She's apparently replacing him as her own character in Pirates of the the Caribbean. Why are they trying to get people to hate her? Is what I want to know. I don't dislike her. I think she's she's a talented actress. Why this? Right? I just don't get it. Why? There's they need to just let the Pirates of the Caribbean die then. Because it's not anything without him as Jack Sparrow. I don't care if you love him or hate him. It is not anything without him. He literally was born so that one day he would age and fall into that role. That's his whole purpose on this earth. You cannot do this film franchise without him. And if you were going to do it, why wouldn't you have Penelope Cruz? Why would you not have her? She was at least in one, right? Doesn't make any sense. I'm so aggravated. Everything sucks. There's nothing to watch. Kane, what about you? We're getting ready to get into spooky season, and I'm so let down. I, I just think this is a, uh, a waste of money because, I mean, for the franchise. People that actually love the franchise, they love it because of the Jack Sparrow character. When you take it away, they're, they're going to have to sink a lot of money into making these films. That's how it works. These mm-hmm. films cost a lot of money to make. So if they're actually going to do this, it's just about it's like flushing money down the toilet. It is, did you see the... Uh did I show you the, I showed you the, the poster that they made of it, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's on your Twitter timeline too. Oh yeah, it's on my Twitter timeline. 
it guys it's just not good it's not good for those of you in the chat and those of you who are watching the simulcast and you're able to you know th- some of you are listening at work so you can't be like you know, i get you the the for whatever reason i didn't post it the poster is so bad it's just it's it's not bad it's just i don't i'm not into it it just looks so it's not good guys it's not good we're all depressed so I don't know what we're I'm gonna have to come up because I have a lot of people that ask me one of the reasons I started talking about this is people are like okay so what do you watch since everything's woke and I was really thinking about that and I'm like my appetites of what I watch is really weird like I do I like bar rescue I like historical docs anything grand tour um horror films westerns the godfather on repeat I don't know I mean I have really weird taste and only when it's Christmas will I turn Hallmark on. I am not going to apologize for Hallmark Christmas. Not, and I have my K-dramas that I watch, which I will not also apologize for in the anime. So I don't know. Like, do you really want me to weigh in? Do you want me to give you some suggestions? Because I feel like you're going you're gonna to regret it. I don't know. I can if you want. I can start including them in the email prep that I send out. You all let me know what you think, and I will. I have no problem doing that. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> It's time for Florida Man. <laughs> I just looked at a headline. I should not have done this right when we started. Okay, hold up. Let's get back to business. Okay, so this one, I'll get to that story. Hold up. So this story, uh, this Florida man, or sorry, Florida woman, she was arrested because she called 911 over 12,000 times in one year. Why? St. Petersburg police. She's identified as Carla Jefferson, 51. They said that she harasses, belittles, swears, and argues with whoever it is that picks up her incessant calls to the non-emergency lines of the St. Petersburg Police Department, Pinellas County Sheriff. They said 10%, oh my gosh, 10% of the all, their total incoming calls to St. Petersburg Police come from her. Oh my God. So the month of July, she called the precinct 512 times within 24 hours. They said she was vulgar, threatening, and obscene. They said that her calls hold up the line for citizens that call with real emergencies. Her typical calls include extreme expletives and sexual innuendo. They said calls to 911 are always answered and never ignored. It's their job. So one of the spokesperson, Yolanda Fernandez, told the media that operators are talking to people who are scared. They're having the worst day of their lives because they need police protection. And then they have to deal with somebody who's calling just to harass them. So she's charged with three misdemeanors for using the 911 system and making harassing calls. I mean, I'm not going to say that I would go out and snip her phone line or something, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know what she's calling on. That's, oh, my gosh. I just can't. Some of the stuff. I can't. I can't even. Uh, let's see. This. Da, 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 da. Oh, I got to get to this one. We got to be careful with with lakes in Florida. Puddles, bodies of water, trickles on the pavement. I mean, just be careful. A 34-year-old man was rushed to the hospital after an alligator bit his face. He was swimming in a little, like, they say it's a lake. I think it's a pond. And Florida Fish and Wildlife, their conservation commission, told USA Today that he was bitten around 3.45 p.m. And he got bitten right in the face. Apparently, he's going to be okay. Uh, I mean, he's in stable condition, and that's all we know at this particular point. Oh, my gosh, you got to be careful with this stuff. And a Florida man was arrested for an alleged drug deal after he accidentally texted a politician. Oh, my gosh. He accidentally texted the wrong person about buying an eight ball of cocaine. 
and the other person on the end of the phone was not the buyer. It was a politician. And the guy was 18. Jack Fisher, 18, arrested on Monday, charged with felony possession of fentanyl with intent to distribute an unlawful use of two-way communications, according to Flager County Sheriff's. It's unclear who he was trying to text, but he ended up texting Flager County Commissioner Joe Mullins, who immediately reported him to the police. And then they had Mullins keep texting with Fisher and arrange a meeting where he got met with undercover cop. He had more than three grams of fentanyl on him at the time. And Mullins said in a statement on Tuesday, the 16th, I celebrate 11 years of sobriety. He says, I hope this arrest brings this person to the realization that there's a problem in their life. Ooh, boy. All right. So coming up, what's going on in Pennsylvania? And uh, Tater got tossed. Brian Stelter's out at CNN. Stick with us. There was a very important amendment to the debate in the Senate, Sean, uh, by Senator Crapo, who said, "Okay, Democrats, if you don't, if you're not going to tax people who make less than four hundred thousand, why don't we have a rule that these extra eighty-seven thousand IRS agents won't uh, audit people with incomes below four hundred thousand dollars?" You know what, Sean? Every single Democrat in the Senate voted against that amendment. So of course they're going to—that's those are the people they're going to audit—is the people who d- cannot defend themselves. Yeah, that's Stephen Moore, and he's absolutely a thousand percent correct. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this Thursday, Friday, Friday Eve, and your lovable curmudgeon. The hearing is underway, apparently, to assess whether or not they're going to unseal that affidavit for the Mar-a-Lago raid. Very interesting stuff. So we'll follow up if there's anything with that. No, he's he's right. Stephen Moore is absolutely right here. And one quick note, and then I'm going to get into this this latest CNN stuff here. The idea that there isn't, that that's somehow not in, and I know that's what some media entities have been pushing, that, oh, it's going to, you know, these are, the bill calls for 87,000 employees. Glenn Kessler wrote this. He was immediately set correctly by Phil Kirpin. He was saying many of whom are going to replace those 50,000 retiring agents in five years. It's a, they're not doubling it. No, but the bill language is absolutely clear in that it reads under, in general, beyond taxpayer services in subsection 1343B, provided that these amounts shall be in addition to amounts otherwise available for such purposes. And they repeat that over for taxpayer services, for services, 4% for taxpayer services. Biden's, his, their, the administration's own table shows an increase in, of, of 86,852 of their staff. So that's, I don't, Kessler doesn't know what he's talking about. Not at all, not at all true. So big news coming out of (laughs) CNN. I don't know if you, this is like just broke a little bit ago, but it is Brian Stelter. The tighter was tossed. He's out. Reliable sources at CNN. They are done. He is out. And NPR reported this story. They, uh, the headline... Brian Stelter to depart CNN as it cancels Reliable Sources media show. It's in, it, you got to read it like that because it's NPR story. They say CNN is canceling its Sunday media affairs show, Reliable Sources, and host Brian Stelter 
is departing the network, Stelter tells NPR. He says he's grateful for the show and the team's examination of the media, of truth, and the stories that shape our world. Really, though? Greg Gutfeld said his show was hiring if he needed work. You know, it's, it's, it's true. Um, yeah, he's out. And I, it, it, I mean, this is right after Tubin is out. I mean, what's next? Don Lemon? I'm just curious. He's hosted that. It's, it's for the past nine years, his show. Yeah, I didn't know that. Did you know? Yeah. yeah. And then he made an excuse. He goes, oh, I picked a bad day to violate the ABC rule. Always be charging. I took the kiddos out sightseeing and my phone's at 2%. So he can't be on Twitter to see everybody talking smack, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they, a lot of people are saying this is the, all of this is coming from new boss, the new boss at CNN, Chris Light. He's working to revive the network. They've been having a lot of problems. I mean, it's... I don't know if any I don't know if anybody who watches any anything that they do anymore. I think the only time actually that we ever talk about them is when we're making fun of some other content. Yeah. I mean, really, that's it. But it's very it is it's very interesting that this is it's I I'm wondering is if if this is all you know, we're building up to a rejection of all this stuff. Or maybe, you know, his, his ratings were just really that bad. I don't know. I don't know. But does he believe that there is a, that the economy is, is uh, struggling now? I'm wondering if he's going to believe that now after. Mm-mm-mm, all kinds of stuff here. Now, a few other things. I, I want to come back to this because everybody's watching what's happening in the Senate, right? We're barreling towards November. And Pennsylvania, you have the most. I am not making fun of you. I do think that this is hysterical. Here's the headline from Twitchy. One of the funniest headlines I have seen in some time. The big Dr. Oz, John Fetterman, how many houses do you own versus living off your parents' battle has begun. Let me ask you this question. If you hear someone use the word crudite, what do you think of that person? What does it make you think? I mean, that's what a vegetable tray is called. And so they're both trying to, John Fetterman's trying to show everyone how of the people he is. It's kind of hard to show people that you're of the people when you're literally supporting a party that's going to tax those people even more egregiously and send 87,000 agents after them to audit the ever-loving hell out of them. But do go on. And Fetterman like, seized on that. I'm not, look, I don't know how, I, you guys know what I, my opinion of Oz. I think it was the worst candidate you could have gone for in that. Um, but, you know, anything is better than giving Chuck Schumer another seat in the Senate. But you got to go with the, you got to go battle the, with, the, with the soldiers you got. But when you hear the word crudite, is seriously something like that going to be enough to, for Pennsylvania people to be like, because this is a battle for the independence. Be real with me. Are you so moved or so impressionable that if someone says crudite and the other guy who's running against them for elected office is like, he used crudite, he's out of touch with the people. Does that really work? I mean, I think most people know what it is, but we don't use it. I say veggie tray. 
If I want to be funny, I might say it like, oh, let's get some crudite. I might, you know, be goofy about it. But no, it's veggie tray or get you some vegetables, vegetables. I had a teacher in high school who said it like that. I don't know if it was on purpose or like that's what he thought it was supposed to be said like. But anyway, do you really think that somebody's going to be swayed because someone else is like, he's out of touch. He said crudite. What about you're out of touch? You literally want to raise taxes on everyone during inflation. And you literally your party doubled the size of the IRS. Who's out of touch? Making crudite harder to afford. Yeah. You no one's going to be able to. No one's going to know what crudite is because no one will be able to afford it. That's why. Oh, my gosh. Is it really going to work on people? I think that if you are, if you're one of those people who was like, oh, I was getting ready to cast my vote for, for this guy, for Oz, but then Fetterman said he said crudite, and that's a snotty word, so I think I moved. I don't know if I think that you should vote. Right? Really? So then they got into a big fight over, I don't know anything about John Fetterman. Did he live at home until he was 50? Did he really do that? Let's look. John Fetterman. Lived at home 50. Let's go. Or lived with parents. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, this may be true. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, man. And then when Oz goes, I own eight properties and two of them are homes. They Rolling Stone is making fun of them, making fun of him because he said properties. So apparently, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he's openly acknowledged this and public records show it. Why are you holding your face like that, Kane? Kane's like bracing himself. This is Philly. This is the Philadelphia Inquirer. They said that for a long stretch lasting well into his 40s, his main source of income came from his parents who gave him and his family $54,000 in 2015 alone. The aid was part of the financial support his parents regularly provided when Fetterman's only paying work was $150 a month as mayor of Braddock, a job he held from his mid-30s until he turned 49. He lived in an industrial-style loft he purchased from his sister for $1 after she paid $70,000 six years earlier. But he's the everyman? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute here. Dude, you lived in in an industrial-style loft and you're going to make fun of the word crudite? Get the hell bent. You live in a loft and you're going to make fun of crudite? Dude, you know when he's done with the day that he takes off that hoodie and he puts on like, you know, whatever polo or something. And then he's like, let's have some crudite and let's have rosé. <laughs> Froze. I mean, you know this. Stop it. Stop it. He's going to try to go. He's no better than those guys who go to K Street and they're like, hey, I want to do an ad that that speaks to the, the average everyday American and the K Street consultants like, great, I know a field and I got a guy with a truck. Let's go sit out there and you can like put some straw in your teeth and you can talk about your truck and farming. And then they show up at the field and there's like 50 other politicians there with their camera crews because they all had the same damn idea to go to a field and sit on a truck and to have an eagle in the background. I mean, this he is that guy. That is him. What? That should be a, a skit, right? Where you have all these people show up in a field. Oh my gosh, we all had the same damn idea. I mean, really. 
He lived. I just need to touch on this. Oh, there's the link. I mean, this story is up still, guys. Kane, would you like to? Kane, would you like to see the story? I don't think oh, you would. No, but thanks. Yeah. No, here it is. You got it. All right. Yeah, he. He's blue collar, but he lived in a loft that he didn't have to pay for that his sister purchased, and his parents just bankrolled him. But I'm the everyman. Man, what kind of everyman lives like that? Kane, did your parents give you like lots of money every year and no. you got to live in a super swanky loft that you that your sister purchased for you? That would be a negative. He his only paying work was $150 a month as mayor of Braddock. And he stayed there for almost 20 years. Well, yeah, mid 30s until he turned 49. I would have felt better about it. Let's say if he tried this self-employment adventure and was out there trying to actually start a company, create jobs and things, you know, something that would make more sense for the position he's going for. But no. Why? Why is he? I am absolutely fascinated by this. And I just found out I I'm going to have to make fun of this forever. Are you serious with this right now? And he's going to act like the everyman? Are you serious? He lived off his parents and he has never purchased his own property, apparently? And he never worked in the private sector? Does he want his life to be like everyone else, be like him? Because if you support Biden's policies, that's how it's going to end up. No, actually you won't because you won't be able to afford a veggie tray cane. And unless you have a sister who owns an industrial style loft that you just have to pay $1 to live in, you know, everyone else is going to be, you know what? We're all going to be in the desert eating cat food. It'll uh, just be like John Kennedy from Louisiana said. Uh, it's crudite. Crudite. Mm. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech. Ooh, the uh, New Jersey chapter of the nation's largest teachers union, the NEA, published an ad labeling parents who speak out at school board meetings against critical race theory, which is Marxist, it absolutely is, and gender identity lessons as quote-unquote extremists. The New Jersey National Education Association, it's a 15-second commercial discussing how New Jersey citizens should agree that students deserve what they think is a world-class education. Blah, 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 blah. And they actually labeled parents like this in the ad, which I'm sure is going to work so well the next time, I don't know, like any kind of issue raising uh, property taxes for that school district in that area comes up for vote. I'm sure that's going to go over so well, right? Going after the people who literally make your job possible. Homeschooling sees a huge spike. There's a huge education exodus. I've seen this over and over again because public school enrollment is declining. This is not a shock. And homeschooling sees a huge spike. Look, homeschooling is not as hard as you think it is. To be as somebody who homeschooled up to eighth grade, it's not as hard as you think it is. And there's a lot of help out there and a lot of co-ops out there. Big city school districts particularly saw massive exoduses. In New York City, there were a million students in the 2019 to 2020 school year, but almost a million of them, uh, they said actually only 760,439 are going to be attending by the end of this school year. That's crazy. Chicago's as well. L.A., they've lost um, almost 500,000 students. That's that's a half a million people who are leaving the system. Good for them. Good for parents. Twitter is ordered to send fake account data to Elon Musk. Their battle rages on. Because why would you pay more for something if the engagement 
if they lied about it. And a monkey called 911 from the zoo. That's actually happened. Associated Press in California. He called. He somehow got a phone and called. Really. Stick with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Uh, I was on a panel with Secretary Wetzel uh, earlier before the pandemic hit, and he said something remarkable that I agree with. He said, we could reduce our prison population by a third and not make anyone less safe. Um, what? We could go ask New York how that's doing, how that's going for them, because their bail reform. Oh, my gosh. It's such a nightmare. They're actually trying to undo it. California, same way. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable, lovable curmudgeon. That is uh, Mr. Crudite, John Fetterman. I know I can't get, you know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like constantly come back to that. I've, I know some of you out there like, can you get past that, please? I've never said that word in my entire life. And I just find it hysterical that someone think that, thinks that that's uppity to say crudite. I've never said it in my life. You know what gets me, though, is the way that the way that because uh, I remember in French class in school, they were like, oh, well, charcuterie, you say the French say I'm going to butcher it charcuterie or something like that. Now, but here we're charcuterie like C-O-O-T charcuterie crescent rolls rolls. i love it god bless america i just i'm just i just think it's hysterical i cannot they're 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 having a every man off i i don't know oz is not my dude like he was i just still think that's a weird you gotta go with what you got though i can't imagine having somebody like fetterman there isn't he isn't he basically Bernie Sanders at this point? Has the dude ever wait, hold up. I don't think he's ever worked. I don't think he's ever worked a private sector job. Right? But to sit here and go, well, you know, we just let everybody out of the prisons. Burk, burk, burk. Crime all everybody's gonna be safe. And every photo he has, he just he just he looks like he just doesn't care like why am i here (laughs) like this the one that's on his wikipedia is like why am i here so he somehow got a went to university of connecticut and then he worked as a mayor and he ran for senate in 2016 and then he ran i don't see where he yeah Oh, but then here's the fun story. Do you, uh, this was back in 2013. He heard a loud sound, which he thought was gunfire. And then he ran out and apparently like chased down a jogger and held them, detained them with a shotgun. He's just following Joe Biden's advice. And it was actually kids shooting bottle rockets. He sounds nuts. He sounds balls to the wall crazy. I said it. It needs to be said. Right? Dude sounds nuts. He went and held him with a shotgun? Pennsylvania, why have you been keeping this from me? Whew. But crudite, you know. Did you know that, Kane? I did. And <sighs> I'm, I'm shocked. And Fetterman's like, well, I didn't even have anything in the chamber. What? That does not make that any more sane, dude. 
Look, I realize that it's a weird choice in Pennsylvania, but I think it's pretty obvious, right? I mean, you have a guy who's like, sure, let all the criminals out of jail. You're a jogger. I'm going to chase you down and hold you with my shotgun. Crudite. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's pretty obvious, guys. I mean, is it really, is it, are people really going to have that much of a difficulty? What is, this is what I can't get over. When you look at real clear politics, they're average. And they've been fighting back and forth over personal wealth. That's what, that's how Business Insider has it. I was looking at some of the Senate polls and looking at what's happening in, in some of these other races. I don't even know why it is why it is as close as it is with some of these polls as of late in Pennsylvania. I'm looking at some of the latest ones that I have saved here. Why is this race in anywhere even close in Pennsylvania? You realize how close we are? I mean, even if, and I'm going to say it again, even if we were to win, Republicans win every single seat which they're running for, I mean, it's still going to be a very close race very close like you know a a, a razor thin margin of power pretty much like how democrats have it at this point there was a poll that was conducted by public opinion strategies for pittsburgh works together and it showed some pretty big leads for democrats in Pennsylvania, they had 18, Fetterman, 18 over Oz in Pennsylvania. Now, I realize that Oz is not, when you think of a, a conservative or a Republican fighter, it's not that guy that you think of. Believe me, I get it. But Fetterman, the guy whose audio we just played where he said, yeah, if we reduce our prison population by a third, it's not going to make anyone less safe. As people in New York are literally getting beaten in the street. In broad daylight. They're not even tourists. <laughs> I mean, they're getting... They're, every day there's a video coming out from New York. And every day, oh, it's somebody bail reform. They just walked out. You know, they signed their name and left. That's it. Same thing with California. The smash and grabs, everything else. There's... I, I mean, I don't know. If they're... Uh, this is a Republican poll, which is why... It's problematic because it was because public opinion strategies is a GOP firm. That's problematic. Now, there was another one that RCP had. And it showed that at that point, and this was. This poll was done back in this is in July. And it showed At that point, Fetterman was above Oz by 11 points. How is this possible? I mean, I've seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but come on. How is this possible? Fetterman's campaign spent $4.4 million on TV so far, according to NBC. That's about $1 million from Oz and the NRSC over the same period. So is it just really that Democrats are overspending in ad buys over Oz? I mean, how do you go from 11? I mean, how, how bad is this? I, I, there was this weak ad, and I literally just saw someone retweet it. 
into my it was actually one of the one of the accounts i follow it was like this kind of soft ad and oz is like he's the most radical candidate in the country i mean it's the thing is is that he he acts like fetterman is a terrifying figure the dude is literally a character from always sunny in philadelphia it's like it's like he is he's like a grown-up charlie well wait charlie's already grown up you know what i mean I mean, this is, the, he lived at home with his parents and then he wants to be a senator. And he thinks he chased a jogger down with a shotgun because of a bottle rocket that he heard. I mean, this is kooky. How are you not ridiculing this guy into a hole in the ground? How? What is wrong with you, NRSC? You know what? You don't have enough mean kids working with you, running your ads. Oh man, I'd be churning out all kinds of stuff. I would have campaign stunts where I would just like with, you know, dummy guns that have orange tips on them. Clearly, I would, you know, pretend to be Fetterman chasing down random joggers. You know what I mean? It'd be funny. You could have like a, a sponsored marathon to raise money and you could, you know, you have to run from the Fettermans and they chase you because they've, they heard bottle rockets or something. It would be funny. You could do all kinds of stuff. But they're trying to make him out like he's, he's look how big and scary he is. He is so extreme. He's nuts. Yes, it's scary, but oh my gosh. (sighs) I think that the lead that they have is because of the ad spending. And this is infuriating. We're we're, We're going towards the end of August. You got maybe two months left before people kind of really get locked into their position. Actually, kind of, I think people get locked in, you know, by mid October. And if they're not spending money, for ads what in the world this is like a problem of their own making because that means that that race would just be lost because they just didn't care enough to run it oh man it's very fear infuriating yeah why do they make him sound like he's a scary dude he's nuts it's ridiculous it's a laughing stock is what it is then runs after a jogger. I just can't, guys. This is just, I can't even believe that there's that much. There's a story, Democrat rebound, that you keep, that they've been trying to push a little bit. It's really nothing more than this. It's a it's, it's magic trick. That's all it is. I think some of it's just people's hopes that are being presented as actual legitimate polling, but it's not. It's, uh, and I think one of the reasons also, lastly, that they have uh, Joe Biden on vacation still. How many vacations has he had? I think he's on track for having more vacations than anybody else. Sure. Is if he's out of sight, then they can get way more done. Mm-hmm. They can get way more done. Greg Price noted that when he was signing the tax bill, he had tweeted, he goes, for millions, hearing aids and the doctor's visit to get them are too expensive that's why i called on the fda to make them available over the counter and today they did just that the actual will increase competition and lower the price of a pair by nearly three thousand dollars but the problem with that is that he's taking credit for regulation as price noted on over-the-counter hearing aids it was passed by a republican congress back in 2017 as part of the fda reauthorization act and trump signed it into law so you're just doing what trump you're just you just continue to do what trump signed into law how is that you? Look at all these jobs I created by allowing people to go back to them. This is like Fetterman level comedy. See, you got, 
What Republicans are being stupid in Pennsylvania. It's getting me. It's just it's infuriating. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. See, when John Fetterman was chasing that jogger, this Quincy Jones track was the soundtrack for it. I mean, you guys recognize it as Austin Powers, but it's Quincy Jones for it was Austin Powers. This is the soundtrack for it. Don't make this man look scary. Dude, chase the jogger with a shotgun. Golly, that's like a really bad Rage Against the Machine song. Chase the jogger with the shotgun. I mean, right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why can't they do that? Where are you in RSC? Golly. All right. I can't. I'm just amazed. Man, can you imagine? Like, people in Pennsylvania have got to be livid. Kudatai. I just, I'm not going to stop saying it. All right. So, the apparently the judge is unsealing some of the documents in the Mar-a-Lago raid. Some of the documents. Hmm. We need the whole affidavit. The whole, all of it. We need all of it. All of it, all of it, all of it. And so this, I, you know, if anything comes up, you know, I'm going to include, I'll have a, I'm going to have stuff coming out about this, but that's apparently the latest is they're unsealing some of this. Now this is, I mean, Trump had wanted it unsealed and apparently the judge in the case is agreeing that some, I mean, you need it for transparency, especially with something like this. You know, you can't, you, you can't carry off something like this, especially after all of the other impropriety. And, you know, think that, you know, people aren't going to be justifiably enraged over this. So, I don't know how, and I, like I said, we're, all this is just coming down now. They said that, He's going, the documents that he's looking, they're going to be heavily redacted. The search warrant affidavit, that that ruling hasn't come in yet. So we don't know on that. He's holding the hearing about this now. But apparently it's going to be about the sealing order, the motion to seal, and the criminal cover sheet. That's what's going to be unsealed so far. And it's all going to be heavily redacted, as I said. And then the, the search warrant affidavit is, that ruling is yet to come. Hmm. Yeah. The motion to unseal was made by lawyers hired by media organizations. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, do it. So that what goes against the FBI, because apparently, isn't he kind of defying the FBI with that? I don't know if you've seen some of the some of the pictures outside the courthouse in West Palm Beach where they're having that hearing. It is entirely surrounded by media and media tents. Total, totally surrounded. It's big news. So we'll see. The magistrate judge, if you're joining us now, welcome back, ending our third hour here. The federal magistrate judge, Bruce Reinhart, has said that he's going to unseal. They haven't had the, the decision on the affidavit, the search warrant affidavit yet. But they're going to be unsealing uh, a number of documents related to that uh, raid at Mar-a-Lago. And they're going to have it redacted heavily, and it'll be the sealing order, the motion to seal, and the criminal cover sheet. It's still early on, so there's no word yet on the affidavit. There's no word yet on that. So that's the latest that is coming in from this.
So we'll keep you updated with anything else. I'm, I'm, what are you, it's all going to be just black lines. You know that everything's going to be like highlighted black or blacked out, not highlighted. Everything's going to just be totally covered up. That's probably what will end up happening. It'll, it'll be kind of funny. But I will say that it is against really kind of what the F- FBI wanted, although I'm not quite sure that that's, you know, that's, I mean, it, it's, it's an obvious at this point. So we're going to discuss if anything, if they do actually unseal that search warrant affidavit, we'll have, we'll discuss that tomorrow. And if we get a PDF of that, I'll send that out to you in the email newsletter, which you can sign up for chapter and verse on Substack. The link is in all of the bios of my social media profiles. Today in stupidity came. All right. This is Brian Deese claiming that the Inflation Creation Act will help immediately. There's only a catch. There's only one catch. Mm -hmm. You have to buy stuff. Before you start saving money, listen to this. You know, some of the provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act are going to ha- uh, help really immediately. Uh-huh. Uh, the provisions that give consumers tax rebates uh, or tax uh-huh. credits for uh, going out and buying more energy-efficient Ooh, heaters, buy. more energy-efficient appliances, those are enacted. Oh, got to buy it all. Oh, so so you don't those, actually get any yeah, benefit. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, uh, you're not going to go. That's not what you're going to spend your money on. These people are ridiculous. Folks, have a great rest of your evening. I will be back with you tomorrow. And I think we're going to open some phone lines. I'll have instructions in the newsletter. Stick with us. Good night.